Hey everyone, this is Chris Allman, President of Sanctuary. Welcome back to the Academy, where you get the tools, tips, and advice you need to grow your business. Today on the Academy, I wanted to talk again about how to build a lasting company. I'll do this by walking you through the 12 myths that are described in one of my favorite business books, Built to Last, by Jim Collins and Jerry Porras. Built to Last is a classic and timeless business book in my opinion. It's a foundational guide to building a company that's going to stand above the status quo and become a visionary company that endures for generations. If you haven't heard part one in this series, head over there now. Otherwise, let's jump into it. So today we're going to be talking about building a company that's not only successful, but one that's built to last for generations. The concepts and insights contained within the book are baked into many of my own personal beliefs at this point, and they tend to guide a lot of my opinions, best practices, and beliefs as a business owner. In part one of this series, we talked about the first six myths that are described in the book. In this episode, we'll be discussing and wrapping things up with the next six myths. Next on the list, number seven, visionary companies are ultra conservative. I love this myth. Basically, it says that visionary companies aren't afraid to set big goals. The goals are so big that the goal may seem daring or even impossible, but the goal isn't seen as impossible for companies that want to aggressively work towards being great. These big goals and initiatives are described as BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals and they can take between 10 to 30 years to accomplish. In addition, these goals may only have a 50% probability of success, but this doesn't stop the companies from trying. Visionary companies see these challenges as imminently doable, and they bake these goals into their planning, culture, and even attach them to their core reason for being. The spirit of setting big, hairy, audacious goals resonates with me personally as a business owner and entrepreneur. But for our company's sanctuary, this concept closely aligns with another system that I've talked about recently, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS, from the great book Traction by Gino Wickman. If you haven't read it, we've produced a three-part podcast series around how EOS can help you grow your business. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would encourage you to head over and check it out when you have some time. But the connection between the book Traction in the book Built to Last is the concept of setting big long-term goals. In Traction, you will set 10-year and 3-year goals that you're working towards and then work back from there on a yearly and even quarterly basis to take the necessary steps to meet your goals. For companies that don't set BHAG goals and then have a disciplined approach to working toward them over time, they can end up just settling for the status quo. Without having something to work towards, companies become stagnant conservative, and can ultimately die and go out of business. Being conservative can be good at times. A conservative approach can be associated with discipline, and that's always a good thing. But a conservative approach to innovation and continual improvement is a recipe for failure if your goal is to build something great that lasts. Here are some, but not all, of the tips that the authors offer up. There can be different types of BHAGs. They can be quantitative and qualitative. There can be many different goals, or just one big goal defined. Be very precise when you're working to articulate your goal. Make your goals smart and unambiguous. 
Your goals should push you out of your comfort zone. Be bold. Lastly, make sure that your goals are aligned with your core purpose as a company. Going in too many different directions and having too many goals can return the opposite effect and ultimately keep you from really achieving any of them. Also, fully commit to your goals as a company and get completely aligned with everyone so every person is theoretically rowing in the same direction. Don't be afraid to keep setting new BHAG goals over time. Just as long as you're able to adhere to them being SMART goals, which require you to continually verify that you're actually able to take on the work required to get the job done. Lastly, your BHAG should align to your core purpose so your efforts can't be disrupted by issues or a change in leadership. Myth number eight, anyone can fit right into a visionary company. The word cult generally has a bad connotation. I won't rehash what comes to mind for me when you say the word, but this is exactly what the author suggests when you're trying to build and sustain a visionary company. Saying that you want to build a cult within your company culture may seem oddly strange and controlling, but that's not the goal for companies that are trying to be great. In a high-functioning team and company, nobody should ever want or need to control anybody. Actually, it should be the complete opposite. Building a cult mentality is really about ensuring that you have the right people in place and they get it. And then when you know that your team gets it, you can let go and let them drive things forward on their own without constant oversight. Visionary companies have a clear mission, strong values, trusted systems and processes, and core philosophies that form their core. And not all people will align with these things. It's just a fact of life that some people will get it and others won't. That's why the author uses the cult example because the people who get it are so single-minded when it comes to preserving their core that they almost become like a cult. The goal is to ensure that everyone in the company is on board, and if they're not, they'll likely push their own eject button, or management needs to just push it for them. Again, the author uses the word cult, but don't let this muddy the message. Visionary companies really want three things. Number one is alignment. Great companies have tough hiring practices to ensure that team members are aware of what they're signing up for. They clearly articulate what's expected, how things operate, and they openly discuss important philosophies and processes and set expectations to ensure that people will fit into their role, the team, and buy into the company culture of the organization. Number two is indoctrination. Again, this does sound a little culty, but it's simply about making sure that team members are properly trained and immersed in the core philosophies when they join the team. This can include everything from basic tools and processes to even formal training and seminars that go over everything about the company's origins and history to discussing all the sacred values and traditions. Number three is exclusivity. Great companies want their team to actually feel like they're part of something great and exclusive. It's kind of like being on an Olympic team or an elite group of high-performing specialists. Just like these elite groups, the members likely socialize together and feel strongly connected to each other and their core purpose. Using an Olympic team or a, even a professional sports team is actually a great metaphor because not everyone will make the team, not everyone will stay on the team, and not everyone will compete once they get there. You may eventually get cut from the team if you're not performing consistently at the highest levels and align with the rest of the team and their goals. 
All of these things combined ensures that you're not actually trying to control people. You're just building a strong core of people that you can trust to lead you forward into the future without constant oversight. One of the most important gifts that you can give high-functioning people is autonomy. And when you're sure that they get it, then you're free to let them fly. I mentioned this before, but this is just another example of how the concepts of Built to Last can be connected to another great book, Traction, by Gino Wickman. In the EOS system, they explain the best way to manage and evaluate your people. One tool that they provide is the GWC tool that helps you to continually evaluate your team and to verify that they're a great fit for your organization. GWC stands for Get It, Want It, Capacity to Do It. In summary, Get It means that you actually have the natural ability and the deep understanding of your role, responsibilities, and in this case, you understand what it means to be an important part of a company and an elite team. It's totally clear that you get it, and leadership and your teammates do not question it. One, it means that you actually want to be in your role, and you will work hard to overcome any challenges that get in your way. Many times you'll have team members that really truly get it, but they don't really want it. Lastly, your team needs to have the capacity to do it. This can be emotional, intellectual, physical, or even self-discipline to handle it. Again, many times you'll have people that totally get it and want it, but they just can't make it because they don't have the capacity to do the job at an elite level. This third requirement may take time as team members continually work and improve and put in the right amount of effort to excel in their position. But at some point, a decision needs to be made. And this is why this tool works great because it forces you to continually evaluate your team from different angles and verify that they're the right fit for the team. Myth number nine, visionary companies carefully plan everything. Let me just say, I'm definitely not the type of person that's gonna shoot from the hip when making decisions or move forward as a company with reckless abandon without a plan. But over planning can be paralyzing for a company that's trying to continually be great. Sometimes I think that things actually need to be a little messy from time to time when you're trying to innovate. As I've mentioned before, it's funny to realize how many of the ideas and concepts in this book have seeped into our company culture and been adopted over time. Looking through our values, there are many that jump out, including we are okay with failing, knowing that we ultimately learn and improve. We are always learning. We are quick to admit mistakes. We challenge prevailing assumptions and suggest better approaches. We take smart risks. We avoid planning paralysis and aren't afraid to quit talking and begin doing. All of this, in my mind, supports the concept that you should only plan so much. You're always taking in new information. You can't over-plan, and you can't blindly stick to a plan without continually learning and evaluating things along the way. Maybe you even decide to scrap the plan at times. Take a calculated risk and just start exploring or going in a completely new direction that you believe in. You may say that this goes against the whole concept of planning, especially long-term planning and the pursuit of BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. I mean, if you're willing to consider your commitment to plans and your goals, then it becomes a slippery slope towards chaos, right? But the point that the author is trying to make is not about constantly rethinking your commitment to your plans and goals. Visionary companies debunk the myth 
that success is based completely on blind adherence to plans. Strategic planning is extremely important, both long-term and short-term. But the point is that most visionary companies change over time. Basically, that means that they're open to slowly evolving. They learn, they try new approaches, they're always trying to poke holes in things, they continually get better, they experiment, they take smart risks, and they do what's necessary to stimulate evolutionary progress. They will act quickly to get started or to change course if necessary, and they always seize new opportunities that come their way. Most importantly, they know that they will fail along the way at times, and this is okay because they're going to learn and improve. The core idea of evolution is that things fail, but over time the weaknesses are weeded out and the species evolve. Great companies do the exact same thing over time, and this needs to be cultivated and encouraged instead of blindly adhering to a plan. And just for good measure, let me reinforce again. I love a good plan. I want to know where I'm going and what steps I need to take to get there. I hate shooting from the hip and just taking one step after another and just hoping for the best. Planning is critical, but the idea of evolving over time as you learn, experiment, make mistakes, and take calculated risks is super important as well. And I've seen this return huge dividends for our company over time. Myth number 10, hiring CEOs from outside can revitalize a company. You've seen this a million times, I'm sure. A leader isn't performing or leaves a company and the board ends up looking outside the company to hire some kind of rock star CEO to run the company. But visionary companies never look outside of their company for leadership. This doesn't mean that they settle for a limited pool of candidates or settle for the status quo. It means that they're continually preparing for the inevitable and always working on succession plans at all levels. One of the best examples that I can think of is when Steve Jobs hired an external CEO named John Scully, and it almost destroyed the company. He came from being the CEO of Pepsi to lead a completely different kind of company in Apple with a completely different product and culture. The guy ended up ousting Steve Jobs, and he left the company that he founded. And Apple continued to slide downhill for years until Steve returned and eventually led the company back from the brink. Eventually, though, the inevitable happened, and Steve Jobs passed away. But Apple and Jobs learned from their past mistakes and had a plan in place to promote from within. When Jobs passed, Tim Cook was waiting in the wings and was completely ready and able to take the torch and move the company forward. As we mentioned in the previous section, Tim was already indoctrinated and part of the Apple cult, and he had already been a part of the company for over a decade before he took the helm. When he originally joined the company, he was Senior Vice President of Worldwide Operations and was eventually promoted to lead operations and served as Chief Executive Officer before he eventually became CEO. Visionary companies ensure that they have a leadership continuity loop that ensures that there is a strong succession plan, not only for the CEO position, but also for other top positions. Visionary companies always have a strong list of internal candidates, and they require a culture of developing and training leaders. This process ensures that they can promote qualified candidates from within that are not seen as outsiders. It's a never-ending loop that allows the company to never miss a beat when the inevitable happens. Visionary companies will never scramble to find leadership and they'll never be stuck and unable to move forward. 
Most importantly, they're never rolling the dice on fresh blood or an outside savior that might not be aligned with all the important aspects of the company's culture and values and long-term goals. Just like Apple, this practice ensures that the company can continue to operate indefinitely and endure for generations, long after the original leadership and founders are gone. Myth number 11, visionary companies are relentless versus the competition. It's so easy to look outward at your competitors and at best, try to do better than them. At worst though, many companies just copy their competition and this just keeps them bogged down with the status quo. Visionary companies want to stay ahead of the competition, but they don't obsess and copy their competition. All great companies try to do is continually beat themselves and they never stop improving. Continual improvement is built into their DNA. They always demand more of themselves and they always strive to improve and be better than they were the year before. Continual improvement is exactly that, continual, and it's never ending because visionary companies know that there's no finish line. Even when you're the king of the mountain, there's no guarantee that you're going to stay there. Great companies consider the competition the status quo and don't spend a lot of time modeling their behaviors and actions. They simply demand more of themselves and do what's necessary to always be great through two primary things in particular. Number one, visionary companies seed discomfort. For me, that doesn't mean they're always unhappy or not taking the time to celebrate milestones and accomplishments. There's just a culture of always pushing forward over time and improving. The status quo is unacceptable and it's always going to be sneaking up on you. So putting processes in place to motivate and always be looking for ways to improve and evolve is important. Number two, visionary companies think long-term. Again, they're not thinking about what the competition is doing now or even trying to model what they think they're going to be doing in the future. Sometimes they're thinking 50 years down the road, far beyond when many of their competitors may even be around. Visionary companies innovate and invest. They also never sacrifice their long-term goals for the sake of short-sighted wins. All of this ensures that the competition ideally becomes irrelevant over time and they continually stay as the leaders of the pack. Finally, we're at myth number 12. Vision statements are an integral part of success. A vision statement is important. It's part of your brand, culture, and it puts a stake in the ground for the future of the company that you're building. Essentially, this statement clarifies where you're going. It's your vision. At Sanctuary, our vision statement reads as follows. We strive to be the best lead generation company in Ohio by developing and leveraging a world-class end-to-end marketing system that's designed to grow our clients' businesses. Putting the stake in the ground is useful, but it's just the foundation. Making the statement and putting it down on paper is not going to guarantee greatness. Success is only going to happen if we can do all the right things along the way. And that starts with alignment around a lot of very specific things. I've seen many times why this is important and continually working to achieve alignment really never ends. At the end of the day, these words that we use in making these statements are a little vague, which makes it a challenge to achieve the goal because the details aren't exactly clear. In Good to Great, the author explains that everything a company does needs to work together and reinforce each other. This is how you actually achieve your vision. Alignment is found in the details, and there are constant opposing forces that will hinder progress towards your goal if you're not vigilant 
and always aligned. This happens a lot, even at the leadership level, because everyone can have different viewpoints, opinions, personal philosophies, experiences, core beliefs that color things. Because of this, seeking alignment can be a very tricky, never-ending process, even between two people, much less the entire organization. Some of the things that are suggested to find alignment within your company include take a big picture approach, maintaining your core, making sure that everything works together as a whole is critical to stimulating progress towards your goals. There are a lot of great best practices identified in the book Good to Great, and all of these things need to work tightly and consistently together to create a well-oiled machine of people and process that's aligned from the top down. You have to pay attention to the details. Again, one person's interpretation is not going to be the same as the next. The details matter, and the best way to get people aligned is by documenting all the important details for reference and alignment. Then continually keep a close eye on the day-to-day and the actions of your team to ensure that everyone and everything is on the right track. Everything needs to be connected and reinforced. As I've mentioned previously, At Sanctuary, we have many Bibles that we've implemented to document how we do what we do and what we believe. Many people call these models. Nothing is introduced arbitrarily, and the way we do things is certainly not based on one person's random opinion. We are all aligned about how we do what we do, and each of these things works together with the others. It all begins to meld together to create one clear, consistent message that's never questioned because we're all on the same page. Visionary companies have a vision, but they're always guided by their core, so they're aligned on how exactly they're going to get there. They never follow trends, and they never ask themselves if something is good or bad. They simply look at every decision and let their core values, beliefs, and processes guide them. One simple example from our core values at Sanctuary is the statement that we're always honorable. This means that we always do the right thing even if it's ultimately not going to result in profit for the company. This takes many forms and colors a lot of our decisions. We're always able to use this core philosophy to make good, consistent decisions that are ultimately the best thing for the long-term success of the company and not just something that will bring us immediate profits. The best part about this, again, is that the managers and leaders in the company can trust that this will happen without constant oversight simply because everyone is aligned about how to make a hard decision. There's definitely more in the book to explore, but I think I've given you a lot to consider. I would encourage you to read the book and determine how you can use and benefit from the successes of these historic visionary companies and the advice of the author like we have. But one of the greatest takeaways from this book is the fact that what works for one company doesn't always work for every company. What seems like the way might actually be the wrong way for certain companies. But overall, if you stick to a combination of ideas and best practices from this book, you'll be aligning yourself with proven success from many of the greatest companies in history. And how could that be wrong? In closing, I know there's been a lot of information and advice exchanged in these last two episodes. It's a lot to consider, but I recently saw the book summarized down to three key concepts. Consider writing these out on a piece of paper and sticking them to your wall so you can see them on a daily basis. Number one, focus on clock building and not time telling. Put systems and processes in place that will endure even after you're gone. Number two, 
Embrace the yin and yang of maintaining your core and always working to continually improve. Never settle for the status quo. Number three, keep everyone and everything aligned as you work towards your vision. If everyone is continually rowing in the same direction towards your goals, you're gonna have a much better chance of getting there. If you can take nothing away from this book except for these three things, you're gonna be far better off than most and you'll likely be well positioned to build a visionary company that endures over time. This has been the Academy Podcast, where you get the tools, tips, and advice you need to grow your business. As always, thanks for listening. Please visit us at academypodcast.com to find your way to more great content. You can stay connected with us on social media or by subscribing to emails that are full of additional news, advice, downloads, webinars, and special content. The Academy is a service of Sanctuary. Visit us online at sanctuarymg.com if you need a partner to help you grow your business. If I can help you in any way, please connect with me on social media or email me directly at chris, C-H-R-I-S, at sanctuarymg.com. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please take a moment and leave us a review. It really helps us out and our team will greatly appreciate the feedback. Thanks again for listening and I hope we'll connect again soon in the near future.